0: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. How much has the medical environment changed? How much of what you are witnessing today is the antithesis or or a bizarre upside-down version of what you've seen for decades, because it seems to me as if we're witnessing something that we've never seen the likes of before.
1: You are correct that we have never seen the likes of this before, meaning we have never had the mental health field, the entire uh, mental health and medical and educational systems Uh, And the authorities within the government and legal authorities, we've never had a situation where they're actually endorsing uh, a belief system, which is what I consider it. It's a belief system not based in uh, any sort of medical or scientific foundation, Uh, a belief system regarding gender identity, which in and of itself is a very vague, non-scientific concept uh so right we've never had a situation where all these establishment uh parts of our society are are all uh, uh, in in joint effort uh promoting these ideas aggressively to our youth and we just to respond to to, to your question in my profession in psychiatry. Uh, it was always considered a disorder uh, if, if a person comes in your office and they uh, have a severe sense of discomfort with any aspect of their of their of their bodies, uh, including their sex. So until 10 years ago, we called this gender identity disorder. It was extremely rare. Uh to the point that 20 years ago, Dr. Gorka, there were only two clinics in the entire world, in the entire world. There was one in Toronto and there was one in the Netherlands, in Holland, uh, to help individuals, both young kids and adults, who had gender identity disorder. I never expected when I was, I learned about, I heard about it in medical school or in my training to become a child psychiatrist, I never expected to see one case because it was so very rare. And And, now here I am and that is all that I do.
0: Is it right? I think this is Jordan Peterson's observation that this is the only disorder psychiatric disorder that we quote unquote affirm. We say, Yes, you are right. You're a girl who is in fact a man. We don't do that with schizophrenia. We don't do it with multiple personality disorders. We don't do it with bulimia or anorexia. We don't we don't confirm the person's mental state and say, Yes, that's correct. Is this the only one that medical science says, yes, we agree with the patient's disorder?
1: Well, Certainly, if someone comes and says, I'm depressed or I'm anxious, and they show evidence of that, then, of course, we agree with them. But what you're speaking about is a, uh, a belief in a, in a falsehood.
0: Yes. So yeah, we, we, you know, we, we it, affirm something that is not the case. For If somebody comes in who weighs 80 pounds and she says, I'm fat, doctors don't say to this anorexic, yes, you are fat.
1: Well, of, of course not. So that would be that's a delusion. Right. And, you know, that's uh, the the patient is, is mixed up and misinterpreting reality. It's not that she doesn't actually think of herself as being fat because she does. Correct. It's a you know it's distorted thinking. It's a distorted perception. It's a distorted belief.
0: But it's not, but it, of it, course it, we're not it, going it, to agree it, with her. Right. We we doctor. It is the doctor's job not to reinforce something that is a distortion of reality, but to help that patient. Doctor Grossman. For those who haven't seen it, I strongly recommend the "What Is a Woman" documentary by Matt Walsh, where. People of your profession, uh, medical doctors, MDs, make some quite startling statements. Um, two of them I would I like to run past you because I just don't believe them.
1: I know what they are.
0: <laughs> I, th- I think you probably know what they are. Number one, which is the, the ideological justification that is used most commonly for the transitioning of minors, is that – Uh, if you don't do this, if you don't agree with that 14-year-old girl that she should have a double mastectomy, should be given hormone treatment, that she's going to commit suicide. So this is a suicide prevention intervention, that transitioning saves lives, number one. And then the second one, which it, it just takes literally 30 seconds on a search engine to disprove, that the hormonal therapy the use of Lupron and other drugs to delay puberty is 100% reversible. In the film, in Matt Waters' film, a, a doctor, I think a head of one of these clinics, actually says it's analogous to pressing the pause button on a, on a, on a tape player on an iPod, and you can just press play again whenever you want, and that child five years later, ten years later as an adult will magically start puberty again. Can you address the suicide prevention aspect and the pausing of puberty? It's all reversible.
1: Yes, I'm happy to do that. Um, in terms of threatening parents and telling them if you do not support your child in their new fake identity, your child is at increased risk, vastly increased risk, they're gonna tell you, of committing suicide. That is simply the worst emotional manipulation that can be done to a parent. And it is unfounded. It is simply unfounded. Yes, these kids, are at some increased risk of suicidal thoughts, suicidal behaviors, and completed suicides. But listen closely. These are kids who already have underlying psychiatric problems, which puts them at the same or close to the same risk of increased suicidality. And many of these kids are gay, or lesbian, and that also puts them at increased risk of suicide. And finally, and most importantly, the kids who are uh, "quote unquote" transitioned, socially and or medically transitioned, are not at any decreased risk of suicide. If anything, they're at increased risk of mental health issues.
0: Yeah, so this the, the, is the idea fear- that, that that you. Use chemicals and then surgery for a full transition and create as a result an adult who cannot have sexual pleasure and who is sterile. The idea that the mental health of that individual is somehow uh, strengthened by being in a state that is clearly faux, is fake – Uh, it it just seems beggars belief that anybody and and I think the figures are what between 35 and 45% of suicidal ideation for those who actually go through transition
1: for people that go through transition and we only have a few good long-term studies because like I said before this used to be a very rare phenomenon so we don't have a lot of data and the data that we have is actually poor quality. But the studies that we have, the long-term ones, yes, they do show that people who have been through the transition uh, hormones and surgery continue to be in need of psychiatric care and continue to have vastly elevated rates of suicide compared to the rest of the population.
0: And, so these and, are and,
1: untruths. And the that idea in- that
0: that you can temporarily pause puberty and just start it again in three years' time, four years' time.
1: Listen, uh, it, I'm I'm very baffled by my colleagues saying things like this. They know that biological systems don't work like that. We are complex. Uh, 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 you know, unbelievably complex biological systems. And if, uh, you know, puberty is supposed to happen at a given time in life. It's not supposed to happen when you're four. It's not supposed to happen when you're 20. It's supposed to happen when you're 11, 12, 13 years old. That's when your body is expecting puberty to happen. If we delay that puberty and block that puberty, we're not only blocking the development of the sex characteristics like breasts and body hair and so and a lowered voice we're blocking total development of of every system in the body including the brain do we have any evidence that blocking that development for two three four years and then uh and then uh initiating a a synthetic puberty of the opposite sex which is what's happening in these kids their their organic natural puberty is being blocked and then 98 to 99% of them go on to cross sex hormones yeah. and a synthetic puberty is that going to be the same puberty as if they had gone through an organic natural puberty of course not we we don't know the answer to that question yeah. It is an experiment. It's an experiment it, on vulnerable kids.
0: Yeah. Uh, Dr. Grossman, I, I want to try and get to the origins of how this all started. First things first. Um, I think uh, Jordan Peterson, Dr. Peterson talks about this as well, that the idea that, that we, we have gender and sex and they're completely different and one is socially generated and artificial and the other is biological but irrelevant to your identity – This has to be an accretion. This has to be a a man-made ideological inject into the medical practice because since the dawn of time, we've had men and women with different characteristics. Some men are butcher than others. Some women are more feminine than others. But we didn't separate a sexual identity from their biological sex. Was there a moment in time... Where the medical profession said, yes, uh, this thing called XY chromosomes and XX chromosomes, that's just incidental to one's identity. Where, where, where da- did this begin?
1: And I provide all this information to parents. Parents have to understand the foundation of this belief system. And it goes back. You're asking, a, you're asking great questions. It does go back to John Money, who in the in the 50s uh, came up with a, with this theory that, uh, you know, that biological sex is separate from one's identity as male or female and that identity is uh, a social construct and so on and so forth. These ideas percolated through academia and through medicine and through society and over the decades became more and more radical. Uh Then they were injected into sex education, and now we've come to the point where uh like I said earlier, m- the medical field has been captured and has been ha- has been taken over by these irra- an irrational belief system, including psychiatry. Ten years ago, psychiatry a, a, a small group of psychiatrists made the decision. Uh, when they were putting together the new dsm which is the bible the uh, you know the the handbook of psychiatric disorders the the
0: the and- di- the, di- the diagnostic manual
1: yeah, correct um, they made the decision a small committee of people to remove gender identity disorder and call it instead gender dysphoria, and what that essentially did was it normalized the condition of having distress over your sexed body. It normalized uh, the desire to be the opposite sex, and it no longer called it a disorder. And that was a watershed moment. And that that was 10 years ago. Uh, The changes began in society and in medicine and in sex education began long before this. So when the DSM finally caved, It was because there was so much external pressure and they caved so that transgenderism would no longer be associated with stigma. Uh, That that was the main, the motivation was compassion for individuals who suffer from this condition. And believe me, it is a a terrible condition to suffer from. uh, But in making it, in normalizing it, uh, it opened the door for for kids to be educated that this is all normal and uh, you need to explore your identity and you may have been born in the wrong body and if that 's the case, you have the right the civil right to uh, have access to these uh, risky medical interventions. All you have to say is you need them yeah. you don 't there 's no gatekeeping. There's no doctor coming in and saying, well, just wait a minute, let's look at what's going on. You have anxiety, you have autism, you you, you know, your, your family is going through trouble right now. Why don't we look at those things? No, you're not supposed to do that. I am told by my professional organizations that if a child comes into my office, they could be four years old, it doesn't matter. I am supposed to honor their new name, new pronouns and new identity.
0: Have you identified? And look, I've read, I've bought the book. I haven't read it yet. I want everybody to buy it, who's one well, of the millions of, of people watching this show. But have you identified in Lost in, in Transnation or in your work, Dr. Grossman? How is this being done? How do we go from? You said there were two clinics in the world that dealt with the original gender. Um, this, identity, identity, this disorder. identity disorder, and and now we have at least we have thirteen hospitals, thirteen hospitals in America, that are performing transgender surgeries. Have well, you- we have
1: at least we have at least a hundred places in this country where this is going on. And if I could just make a comment, what yeah. you said about Dylan. If I could just make a comment about Dylan, yeah, um, Mulvaney, Dylan Mulvaney. I don't care how many surgeries Dil- Dylan gets, he's still a man. Uh, it, it makes no, yeah, you know, a woman. You you cannot become a woman through having various surgeries and silicone put into your body, and you know a, a yes. faux vagina. Uh, uh, that's not a woman. So I don't care how many surgeries. No, you're, you're
0: absolutely right, and I'm so glad you said that. So so the question I have is, have you identified? how this is being done. I don't want to believe in a conspiracy theory that, you know, there's there's a smoky room somewhere and, and people sit down and say, yes, we are going to create this uh, social psychiatric uh, pandemic and you're going to do it in the schools, you're going to do it in the hospitals. Uh, where Where is this? What is the transmission belt of all of this?
1: You know, uh, I... I can speak best about my own profession yes. and 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 what I can say is that when you go to medical school and you do a residency, it is you know you, you are taught it 's just understood that there 's a chain of trust you cannot possibly know everything that you need to know uh, you know i 'm a child psychiatrist if I was trying to uh, get expertise in every area of child psychiatry, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to eat or sleep or it, 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 there'd be no way to do that. So what do you do? You trust your professional organizations. So for example, I have the, the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry. I would, at one time I did, completely trust whatever they were telling me on a given subject. So if I had a child come into my office who had obsessive compulsive disorder, I might go to the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry and see what are their treatment guidelines. What are they telling people like myself who are seeing the kids in my office day in and day out? What are they advising me on what to do? And I trust them. I don't have the time to sit day and night and go look up every single study on OCD. So that is how it works in medicine. And what happened in medicine is that uh uh, a, a, a small but very vocal and aggressive group of activists have succeeded in coming in and taking over the organizations by bullying and intimidation.
0: Well, I, 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 I-, I understand that. I understand how you know the the loud minority can affect change. But here's my here's here's, here's what I fail to comprehend. And and let's put up, you know, Elon Musk, God bless him, tweeted this out recently to to the ire of of those activists. He he tweeted out that if a doctor sterilizes a child before they're a consenting adult, they should go to prison for life. Um, And I wholeheartedly agree. For me, uh, Dr. Grossman, I can't can't even imagine. I I cannot put myself in a position with a son who is... Uh, considering entering the medical field himself, I cannot imagine somebody who's had seven years of training, residencies, um, worked, you know, 20-hour days, anesthetize a 14-year-old girl and take a scalpel to their breasts to remove both healthy organs... Because of some activist pressure that was put upon his profession, that for me, I, I, let me ask you thusly: for me, Doctor Grossman, that's no longer a medical professional. That's not a doctor. That that's a brute. That's an animal. That's a healthy child. That dog is dying for life. Am I wrong?
1: I share your astonishment and. I, I I share your. What do we want to call it? Horror. 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 But let me let me let me say this. There are you see. First of all, there's the financial element. Let's not dismiss the financial part of it. Uh, a lot a lot of money to be made in yeah. these procedures. But putting the money aside, uh, I believe that. There are doctors who genuinely have, you know, they, they just drank the Kool-Aid and they say, look, this is a disorder, this is a, a condition, it, it, this is, you know, all the, all the, the American Society of Endocr- uh, the Endocrinologists, the uh, big organizations that represent transgender health, the American Academy of Pediatrics, they're all saying that this is what I should be doing. So I'm doing it.
0: Okay. But, but, so, but, but these are these are educated individuals. They they know that that girl's breasts—they're not disease-ridden. They're not full of metastasized cancer. They know they're functioning. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, you, uh, believing it. Okay. Well, well. So so did the Third Reich. So did the members of the SS believe that they were creating a great Germany? I don't care. It's evil.
1: These are legitimate questions, and I believe that it's evil as well. Okay. I'm trying as a psychiatrist to climb into the minds of some of these surgeons and endocrinologists. These are the two specialties. The endocrinologists are giving the blockers the and the cross sex yeah. hormones. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and the surgeons, and, I'm, and I'm, I, I struggle with this same horror that you have. How the heck are they doing this? Yeah. Um, and right. all I can come out with is that it, there's a lot of money and that this is a trend. That people are buying into, and surgeons and doctors and medical students this is being they're being inundated with this belief system that 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 these kids are born in the wrong body, and that the only solution only one solution for them is to be medicalized and to uh, and to change their bodies yeah, and well, we have a that 's why i 'm saying this is a dire situation, and parents have to understand before their kid comes home and starts talking about being the opposite sex they have to start years before they have to reach their child early on and and explain to their child that no one is born in the wrong body and that that is an i that is a false mixed up idea that is a bogus idea
0: lest anyone who's not of the medical profession think that we're we're discussing a storm in a teacup uh, dr grossman will you will you give us some sense of the numbers beyond you know the one cl- clinic in holland the one clinic in 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 canada today we are seeing just mind-numbing figures for children who say they identify with the the, the sex that they were not I'm not, I'm not even going to use their language, who say they're not of the sex that they are. It, 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 is, a, it, it is a veritable explosion, is it not?
1: It certainly is. It's an epidemic. Uh, we have, you know, there was a study that came out of Pittsburgh not long ago that showed in their high schools something like 10 percent or, or even higher uh, of the kids were identifying as something other than their sex. And I too, Dr. Gorka, like yourself, try to avoid the language. The language is weaponized. Yeah. The language is being used to change the way that we think. And uh, for that reason, I do not use in my book, I do not use, uh, I don't do the pronoun thing. Uh, I'm not calling uh, individuals like uh, Dr. Admiral Levine, I am not calling uh, the Admiral by she and her uh, and other individuals as well. I refuse to do that
0: no that, that's all all well warned us If you can control the language, uh, you basically captured uh, free thought uh, so let's let 's talk about those who are in this predicament because you are a medical professional and you are you are here to help those. What is your advice to, to parents or, or to adolescents? What resources could they, could they rely upon? So if, if you hear this story at an early stage or if, or if this emotional blackmail is, is being used against a parent, what, what beginning steps would you advise them?
1: Well, I am urging all parents to be informed and to be proactive. So it doesn't matter if your child is one or 10 or 15. This could happen in your family. No family is immune to 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 this uh, catastrophic situation of a child claiming to be the opposite sex. And I'm not using the word catastrophic uh, lightly. It really is a catastrophe. I have talked to hundreds and hundreds of parents, and I've received even more than that, emails from all over the world For my book, I did a survey of parents who have kids with uh, gender dysphoria, which is the term that's currently used instead of gender identity disorder. Uh, And I asked them, what would you tell? What would your advice be to other families, to families who are not where you are right now? They're five years away from it or 10 years away from it. What would your advice be? And I have responses from 500 parents from 17 different countries. And I incorporate that advice into my book. And one of the number one pieces of advice is that you have to reach your child first with the proper reality-based ideas, biologically-based facts about being a boy or a girl and how that occurs at conception it is not something that is randomly assigned at birth it is not something that it's a mistake i'm talking i'm not talking here about the very very rare 0.02% of individuals that might be born with some sort of chromosomal or medical disorder in which they truly you know do have a, maybe a mixture of male or female or or what have you those are those are extremely rare conditions. So I provide parents with basic biology that they need to know and they need to understand. I provide them with an understanding of where the, the ideology came from, going back to John Money, how it developed over the decades, how it got into the schools, how the schools cannot be trusted. The schools are, I'm sad to say this, I really am, but You know, we have to live in reality. You are putting if you are sending your kid to a public school or even a non-public school, you sure as heck better find out what's going on in that school. okay? because they are centers of indoctrination for this ideology. This is you got you have to reach your child first. So when your child hears these ideas, they've already they're not caught off guard